My name is Karina Harney, Playboy's Playmate of the Year, 1992. And I'm Echo Johnson, Miss January, 1993. Welcome to the Bunny Chronicles. Let's go. Okay, welcome back to the show. We got Miss Kathy St. George in the studio with us again today. They have tried to get rid of me, but I she refuse won't go. to go. She she will not leave Austin. <laughs> she says she's staying. Good. Yeah, but uh, no, happy to have um, Kathy here with us. And specifically because you and Kathy have a little bit of history. And, and you and I have met, um, but we haven't really ever spent too much time together. But Barbara Moore always just raves about you and she loves you so much. Aww, I love her. Everybody yeah. loves Sandra. Every, every. Well, I don't know about she's, that. She's prettier on the inside than the outside, which is really hard. She's pretty good. So we have an awesome, awesome guest today. We have Miss Sandra Taylor joining us. Um, Sand, do you prefer Sandy or Sandra? Um, Sandy. Sandy. Okay. Sandy. So Sandy. So Sandy has an, has an extensive background in the entertainment industry. Um, she uh, was in front of the camera for over 20 years. And Sandy got her start in the modeling industry in the early 90s and was named America's number one selling poster model. Yay! And I did her makeup and she was only 19. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I think for health and fitness. Or yes. Muscle, uh, muscle, muscle and, and fitness. fitness. Yeah. Yes. For Rob. Rob. I can't remember his name, but he was re- Robert. It was Reiner? Ro- something. But he Robert. did great stuff. Yeah. He did a whole <laughs> shoot. He did a whole shoot like Harrell once and it was so good. Mm. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. but I hated putting all that stuff on those those muscle fitness guys that, that lotion. Off topic. I'm Off sorry. Topic. <laughs> you know, I never said I we digress. Did. <laughs> I never said I didn't stray off. <laughs> so I didn't know this, um, Sandy, but you continued your you continued your modeling career as a guest jeans model. I too shot for guest jeans, and I just saw that image of you, and what a great experience, right? So guest jeans oh. model moved to Los Angeles mid nineties. She appeared in the July nineteen ninety five edition of Playboy, promoting her appearance in the movie Under Siege to Dark Territory, and then she went on to appear in multiple multiple films such as Batman and Robin. L.A. Confidential, The Princess Diaries, and The Princess Diaries 2, Tomcats, Keeping Up with the Steins, Runaway Bride, and Raising Helen Taylor. Um, And then she also appeared in multiple TV series such as Married with Children, ER, The King of Queens, and Just Shoot Me. So she has had an extensive career. Now, what's unique about Sandy is she was not a Playboy Playmate, but she was on the cover multiple times. And Marilyn Grabowski absolutely loved you. And really push for you to be on those covers. For our audience who's listening, Marilyn Grabowski was the uh, West Coast editor. She yes. ran the West Coast studio. And it was important that she liked you. And she was a tough nut and loved this girl. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She was tough. <laughs> yeah. She really was. Yeah. I, yeah. She didn't sugarcoat anything. Nope. And I really appreciated that, which really helped me further my career. Absolutely. And I remember... We were out to a function. It was a charity or something. And I was sitting next to this guy and he was talking to me about movies or something. And Marilyn says, enough. 
he's here with his wife. And yeah, she was like, you never want to talk more than like two minutes. Like she taught me little lessons just to take along with me in life. And I hadn't even thought about it. I was just simply conversing to the person next to me at a table, but I was like, good point. And we were young, you know, we're learning. Yeah. She took you under her wing very much. She did. Yeah. She and, did. And I she did. So yeah, absolutely. And she didn't do that with everybody. So that's awesome. And she did I, great I covers that. too. So tell us the covers you were on, the the, the dates and the um, issues. I did the cover of July 95, which was this really fun red, white, and blue American flag type I love. of thing. Mm-hmm. It was really cute. But originally it was supposed to be this sort of copper tone uh, shot where we hired a trained dog to pull my bikini, like the oh, copper tone. cute. Shot. It was so great. And then for some reason, half at the last minute wanted something red, white, and blue. So we had to reshoot the cover. But that copper tone one went on to be a poster instead. So instead of being on the cover, it went on. So then it did really well, the success of the cover. So half wanted to put me on the cover again. Mm-hmm. And I did February 1996 uh, with... Um, Leslie Nielsen, and he oh, was a yes. big Bond, so and he did all the spoofs. Kathy, were you in that issue doing one of the spoofs? I don't I know if I was. I, I thought you were. You know, I a lot of it's a blur, right? I don't. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if I was. I don't think I was. Well, you should have been. Well, you know, I should have. Yeah, with with her, with her uh, comedic genius, definitely. (laughs) I should have. Yeah, I I remember both of those covers. And and obviously, it's such an honor to uh, be on the cover of Playboy. I'm so grateful that I was definitely at Kathy St. George was. And just because you were a Playboy Playmate did not mean that you were going to be on the cover. So that was always a very special accolade to add to our resume. I I bumped Maude Adams, actually. (laughs) Oh, you're out. Not everyone can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Right? exactly. Well, especially when I met her and she said, you bumped me. (laughs) So so tell us, how did you you, um, get involved with Playboy? How did that come to be? I got involved because my girlfriend, I'm sure you both know, Alexis Vogel. God rest of course. Her. The, her. Her. Let me let me tell our audience who Alexis Vogel was for context. So Alexis Vogel was um, Playboy's um, head uh, makeup artist and talk about like, oh my gosh, the most incredible makeup artist, but an incredible human being. I loved her so much. I learned so much from her as well. Awesome. So you were very good friends with her and that's how... Yeah. She created so I, a style all of her own. Oh, she sure did. But I, I knew her back with Suze Rand. I mean, I worked with her for years, even before Playboy. So she yeah. was always so sweet and but, so nice. Yeah, she certainly did have that style and probably well, most well known for Pamela Anderson. Yes. Because yeah. Pamela Anderson's whole look, vibe, style that she wore for decades was Alexis Vogel. And she would only work with Alexis Vogel. So that gives you a context of who Alexis Vogel was. So carry on. So I went to go visit Anna Nicole on the set of her movie, Naked Gun. And Alexis was there doing Anna's makeup. And Alexis, that's when I first met her. She goes, who are you? Mm. You know, and I said, oh, I, I, I'm Anna's friend. And I was coming there to visit her on set. And she said, oh, my God, you have to test for Playboy. She goes, I'm the makeup artist there. And we're in search of the 40, 40th anniversary. And I was like, wow, well, that's really cool. 
And she goes, no, no, I'm, you know, when she got very emphatic, she's like, I'm serious. Right. You need to come and meet Marilyn Grabowski. She goes, I'm not even kidding. And she got like right in my face. And Anna Nicole was like, you absolutely, you must, nice. you know, Alexis is saying it. And, um, uh, Alexis brought me in and I met Marilyn and, um, we wound up shooting for the 40th anniversary centerfold. Okay. And I'm, yeah, we shot, I don't know if this is even, you know, uh, a story people even know, but we shot with a 40 year old Rolls Royce and uh, we were in the middle of, I have my gatefold still that we shot for like two weeks straight in that same pose. (laughs) Most incredible. I have my eight by 10 Polaroids, like a handful of them. And, um, yeah, I saved everything. Absolutely. I'm so glad about that. I wish I had. So I was supposed to be the 40th anniversary and then I wound up getting under siege. And I have said, you know, if you're a celebrity, not only do you get more money, you don't have to have a year contract and do things. You get picture approval. You get to pick your spot where you want to shoot. And um, more and money. I didn't more know. Money. I didn't know that. So you get yeah. paid better and you get picture approval. That's interesting. Being and you on- get to pick where you want to shoot. Interesting. And- you get uh, your definite, uh, you're, you're guaranteed your cover. Yes. So, um, but I thought with the 40th anniversary, I was guaranteed my cover anyway. But um, so we wound up bagging the 40th anniversary. And he said, you want to be in celebrity light, the likes nice. of Sharon Stone, Drew Barrymore. So that's why I didn't do the 40th anniversary. And I went on to do the celebrity pictorial when the release of Under Siege came out, which was I think about a year later. So I, I had to wait and I had to, you know, but I think Anna Marie Goddard did a fantastic job as the. That's right. Fans. That was, yeah, she was gorgeous. That so was her went, issue. Yeah. Yeah. That was her issue. So she went and did that. And, uh, you know, I often thought, gosh, I, I don't know. I, I often thought I would have liked to have been a centerfold there and had that, but yeah, but you yeah. know what? There's something to be said that Hef saw exactly, and this is what Hef was so good at. He knew exactly what your strengths were and where you were going to thrive, and he knew that you were going to be a superstar and celebrity status, and and it would behoove you in a better manner. So I appreciate that, but I do appreciate you also saying like I wish that I would have had a centerfold. It's yeah. a double-edged I mean, sword. All- yeah, and it is a sisterhood. And I have to say, Kathy and Barbara and Ava and all the girls have just can't been, get rid of us. You know, no, <laughs> nor do I want to. It's you know, they've 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 welcomed me in and Deborah Driggs and and I could go on and on and on about how many girls I'm still in touch with to this day. And I felt part of the sisterhood, but at the end of the day, I wasn't a Playboy Centerfold. I was the celebrity and but I did two covers and I I'm so grateful to have that history with Playboy, but absolutely you know, it was half who had come to me and said, you know, with this movie release, um, I, I think it would behoove you to be celebrity status. And, and, and to go on and to do guest jeans. I mean, that's, that's massive. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's a, a huge gene. deal. Yeah. And then, you know, I remember I posted it on Instagram years later and and Paul followed me and liked it. And he wrote, you were one of my favorite guest models to ever work with. And that to me was even, you know, that was yeah such, such a accolade because, you know. And that was Paul Marciano of Guest Jeans. Paul Marciano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I just want to say also she was one of Olivia's favorite 
favorite mo- models, and she was painted so many times by Olivia. Yeah, and they're some of my favorite pieces that she's ever done. Yeah, Olivia's amazing. So. She uh, um, right after my centerfold came out, she just sent me a. a, a painting she had done of myself, me and Barbara both. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, wow. Just love yeah. it. It's it's unreal. So I can yeah. appreciate, you know, you having those images and or those you paintings. you did rather. a lot, a lot of them. I, yeah. Another, I just felt so lucky. You know, I, and I would always say to Olivia, like, couldn't you just paint me like skinnier or couldn't you just take out you that You know what? Image? Can I like, tell no. you? No, you are so much thinner now, and you the thinner net. When I say that, I was skinny back in the day, now not so much, but you were so, but yet I love that she painted you like the way Marilyn Monroe was, and she Mm. painted you as you were because you were stunning Mm. as you were, Mm -hmm. and she didn't make you what Vogue wants and what. Yeah, I did. And she said, no, that's not what I love that want. And that's not what they expect. And, you know, she said I, it's photorealism. And, and she and wasn't not, big. She just was not curvy, very rail, curvy. She curvy. wasn't and rail, rail thin like yeah. all these girls were, you know, you know, and that's I tried. Well, <laughs> we, you know we what? All do. <laughs> I tried. Trust me, I tried. Well, I was skinny, but, you know, now I'm just happy to like make it through the door. <laughs> oh God! I make it through the door. So, so twenty years. You had an extensive career. Um, did that consist of modeling as well as film? What did that look like for yeah. you? Um, well, I was doing so many things. I, God, I was a magician's assistant in Vegas. I was doing movies. Once I met Gary Marshall. I was just going to say Gary Marshall. Yeah. Once I met him in 1993 and he put me in under, uh, no, not under in exit to Eden with Dan Aykroyd and Rosie O'Donnell. That was the beginning of probably the most wonderful work partnership that I've ever had was to work with Gary Marshall. And he, said, you know, you have this great combination of beautiful, but funny, and you've got great comedic timing. And he said, I've only seen that this good with Heather Locklear and Brooke Shields. He goes, other than that, I've not seen someone who had these two characteristics like you do. And he said, you know, he was always like, you're going to be a star, you know, and he put me in almost every single movie. They were, he he was loyal to you. I remember. Very. I think we did 14 movies together. I love Uh, Jessica Stein. That was one of my favorite ones he did when you played the wife. Oh, hold on. Ray Lindstein. Hold on. Oh, Keeping Up with the Steins. Keeping Up with the Steins. Okay, yeah. so let's so let's resume from Marshall. So that okay. happened. So Gary Marshall, yeah, put me in every movie he had done pretty much after meeting him and being in Exit to Eden. Okay. So then we acted alongside one another uh, in Tomcats where I actually played as his agent. I got him the role in real life. Oh, wow. They were casting for a justice of the peace. And I said to Matt Barry, the casting director, what about Gary Marshall? You know, he loves to act. I know he's a fantastic director, but as real love, he loves acting. And they said, we would love that. So um, I got Gary his gig in Tomcats as the justice of the peace where he marries uh, Shannon Elizabeth to somebody. Wow. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So that was fun. And then we did Keeping Up with the Steins where that was a dream come true. I played opposite Jeremy Piven, Jamie Gertz, Gary, Daryl Hannah. Wow. And I was Raylene Stein. And uh, Larry Miller, who plays my husband, was a comedic 
genius. And I wanted that role probably, I would say that was the biggest, the the, the role I wanted out of all of my roles. Mm-hmm. That was the role I wanted mm-hmm. was to play Larry Miller's wife. Because mm-hmm. in the comedy world, that was comedy gold. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I remember Jeannie McCarthy was casting and I was like, Annette Benning in, in American Beauty, where she was like, I'm going to sell this house today. I was like, I'm going to get this role. And I got this little pink Chanel suit. It was my lucky suit. Mm. And I got under siege in that suit too. And uh, I went in and I just I just nailed that audition and, and met Larry Miller. And we did a screen test and it just worked out. And I just... To this day, that was one of my most coveted roles I've ever done. Absolutely, that's huge. I, I, I don't. I'm not familiar with it. I have to watch she's that movie. Strong. She's got. It's a big part. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Well, and really? and and the company you were in, my goodness, Sandy, that's yeah. that's amazing. And it's yeah, a, and it's about bar mitzvahs and stuff. <laughs> and Neil Diamond sang, and and actually, it's so funny. Jeremy Piven reached out to me just yesterday, of all things, um, to say hey on Instagram. Which was nice. It, I haven't it, heard from her in years. Isn't that so cool, Kathy and I? We've just been going down uh, memory lane since she's been here for a couple of days since we've been uh, recording. And my goodness, the people that we have met and the relationships that we have forged that we still to this day, the numbers we have in our phone and yeah. the stories. And it's like nobody else has this like access to yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I remember doing Howard Stern and he goes, well, who's the most famous person on your phone? Give me your phone. And he wanted to scroll through my phone. I was like, no, 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 no. But (laughs) we, we definitely have a Rolodex, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so many resources at our fingertips. And I was talking about that. Just doing this podcast has been so amazing. Um, and, and in many ways, but just, um, again, reconnecting with the Playboy family, and having these really incredible conversations that everybody I talked to, like, oh, you should talk to this person. You should talk to this person. On top of the amount of history that Karina and I have learning, things we never even knew about Hugh Hefner and Playboy. And it's just so robust and it's so profound and it's it's fascinating and it's so important that the world knows. And that's why we're doing this podcast, you know. Wonderful. Yeah. And you know what's interesting, too, is everybody should have a little like, what did you like most about him? Absolutely. And I don't know if everybody knew how great his little laugh was. That's my favorite. My favorite thing was his laugh. Yep. Isn't it the cutest? I thought his little laugh was the sweetest and so childlike Mm -hmm. and so endearing. And I just remember flying back from New York on his plane with him and Kimberly and Mm -hmm. it just laughing and playing backgammon and and he was just so sweet. He was like a child at heart. Like he and and yeah. people talk about in in the history or in the context of of his history and um you know specifically his formative years his, his early years and that always stuck with him, you know, his love affair with cinema and cartooning yeah. and you know the fact that he is the consummate editor. That all was created from his childhood and that always stuck with him and he loved that aspect. And what a nice man he was. I, oh. I went to some, some uh, he got an award at the uh, Hearst or somebody gave him an award for being such a pioneer in the world of magazines. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, but he fought for the gentleman who drew the cartoons. He was an African-American man. And at that time, they didn't want to hire him because he was African-American. And Hef was like, no, this is who's doing it. And 
Yeah. End of story. And he bought for him and he did it and he got it. And yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised at that story. And and that's again what a factoid we just pulled out, had no idea, and not surprised yeah. at that at all because Hef was so known for that. I mean, back in to the very beginning of the um magazine, but I can really um like speak to uh, you know, the Playboy After Dark and and uh it originally was called Penthouse or Penthouse after or Penthouse Playboy's, Playboy's Penthouse. Penthouse, right. And the fact that he would have a multitude of talent come in musicians um you know artists whatever and it, it, they were black they were white and the fact that they were all congregating together people were like blown away it, it didn't happen that time it was a time of racism jim crow is a very real thing and Hef did not care he was like i don't yeah, care no. it's irrelevant yeah, he said he's the best one for this job and that's who's doing it i don't remember his name but he was at this award show and it was it was so touching to, mm. to see how he really fought for what he wanted and you know we believed in yes we found yeah. we found out something interesting from um Cindy Rakowitz who was at a Playboy I want to say almost 20 years. I love Cindy. Yeah, Cindy. <laughs> so she was telling us that Hef um, published the first chapter of the book Roots because nobody would wow. pu- would publish it because of the storyline, because of the context of what it was, and it was the wow. Black author. And he was like, no, this has to be published. So he published the first chapter in the in, in Playboy. And it's those types of things that people don't know, but he did that all the time. Because yeah. he knew he this is an important... so much more yeah. than that mag. He stood for so much more. Yeah. yeah, than people are aware of. Yeah, and we're we're taking a deep dive into all of Hef's philanthropic endeavors because they were vast and many, and and people you know need to know that and understand that because that's a very Im- important part of who he was, and he was always yeah. in service, you know. So, so you are um, a renowned Somalier. You're known Thank as you. the Beverly Hills Somalier, right? Yes. Which I love. I, when she was going to school, I was keeping up with it when she was training. Yeah. So well, I just remember in 2016 when Gary passed away and I went to go see him in the hospital and he said, you know, do you have a plan B? You know, everybody needs a plan B. Right. And uh, I didn't, you know, I was just going to be an actress. And, you know, I had always thought, why, why, why have a plan B, you know? And for some reason, when he passed away, I just wanted to take a break from the whole entertainment industry. And also it was the time of Me Too was just starting Mm -hmm. to come out. Mm -hmm. For me, that was so real. I mean, for all of us, I believe. Yes. Yeah. That was real. Yeah. And I said, you know, yeah, very much so. And I just remember how thankless the audition process was Mm -hmm. and my last couple of auditions where I put so much into it, hiring acting coaches and, you know, spending days learning eight pages off book, going in, doing physicality as well as knowing it and and not even getting feedback, not even getting, you know, she was great, but we went with blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, it, it was just like, how could you do like actors are so misused and abused, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, think, in, mm-hmm. in this process. Mm-hmm. You know, you drive all the way to Burbank. I live in the Palisades. It's an hour. You sit there. I remember under siege too, auditioning for Steven Seagal. I went in like seven times. And every time the room was full of the most gorgeous girls, Vendela, uh, Talisa Soto, wow. Jenny McCarthy, you know, and I'm sitting there and it was like torturous. Like these girls are just like, oh, I should have worn that or, oh, I should have done that. You know, and you're, you're second guessing every move you make. And then you go in and audition and 
And then you don't even get feedback and, and you don't even get the the gratification of At oh, all. really good, but we're going to go with a name because we need to put asses in seats mm-hmm. or she was too tall or she was too short or she was too young or she was too old. I could handle all those, mm-hmm. but to, to hear nothing after you put in money of hiring an acting coach and just the time and effort and, and to, to not get anything. And I just, I was like, you know, this is not, this, this doesn't feel good. It, it, so. it, it gets old. It's, it was very dismissive. You know, yeah. and and yeah. and it, and it wears on you. You know, it does break you down. And, yes. I, can, and I can appreciate you saying you, you just got sick of it because there certainly came in the end of my twenties. I was like, I am so tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's yeah. time to move on to something else. So, so yeah. I so I appreciate that. So at that point, did you you go on and complete your wine programs at UCLA and the North American Somali yeah, Association? Yeah. Well, I first uh, had won a charity auction. It was a wine tour to Piedmonte, Italy, which I'm actually going to be talking all about tonight at my SOM event. Cool. And that's where I had my aha moment where I fell in love with wine. I went to Piedmonte, which is the home of Barolo Barbaresco, which is a Nebbiolo grape. And I went and I saw these rolling hills of Barolo and I saw this coliferous soil. It was like clay. And I thought, how does a vine grow in there. And, and someone said to me, a struggling vine makes a great wine. Ooh. Like, okay. And the more the vine has to struggle down into the terroir and pick up all the characteristics of its native land, the better the wine. And I learned all about this beautiful Nebbiolo grape. And um, I thought, wow, I, I think I want to throw myself into this. So I came home from Piedmonte and I threw myself into every single uh, introductory class I could find. There's one called WSET. There's one called NASA, North American Sommelier Association. UCLA had a whole wine program. And I took the intro to all of them. And I thought, what style of teaching do I like the best? And I liked two. I liked UCLA, which I took at night. And I liked NASA for two reasons. One was the style of the teacher. He was from Piedmonte mm-hmm. and he was so emphatic about Americans being so obnoxious in Napa. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I said, the way he teaches, I'm going to remember this style. I'm going to remember. Right. And also when you say NASA, North American Sommelier Association, people think you went to NASA. NASA think, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I learned you it on a, on a rocket. <laughs> Yeah, I was up in space. I, I, I'm a NASA graduate, and I love saying that. So I, I then took a job at a restaurant. We were talking about this last night. I literally drove downtown Los Angeles, an hour and a half in change in traffic, took a job at a restaurant called Miro as a sommelier, and worked in the stockroom. Worked ordering wine. Went table to table. Now, mind you. Months before, I played Jason Sudeikis's girlfriend in a movie called Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And now jump to, I'm in a stock room, stocking bottles going, did I do the right move <laughs> My life has changed. I don't know. <laughs> but, but there was something really good about it. And, and I would go table to table and I would make friends. And, and it was very close to the USC campus. And I just, you know, I wound up talking about wine to these people that wanted to pair with their dinner. And I was like, this is like the acting world because I'm performing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about wine, but I'm educating and I'm selling wine. This is great. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Sandy, 
we need you at that table. And I'm like, oh, one minute. And I'm like sitting down chatting with me. I made more friends, but I was a sommelier at a restaurant in downtown Los Angeles to help get my certification mm. and really paid my dues and took courses night and day Yeah, and certified in late 2018. And uh, that is so amazing because yeah. at the end of the day, to be a sommelier, it's it's a hard thing to yeah. accomplish. And it's a it's very intensive training and education and not everybody can do it. So bravo to you. That's that's amazing. And you were awarded the prestigious silver pen. What is that? Yes. So this is my silver pin, actually. OK, that is a certification which only maybe 13 people 11 to 13 people a year get. Yeah. It's a very, very difficult class to pass. It's, it's a class that is uh, the world of wine. It's uh-huh. not just Napa or South Africa or Chile or, or Italy or France. It's the world. It's all so regions. You, yeah. You have to know the whole, you have to know ice wines of New York and, and Alsace and, and, you know, everything. So it, it's not just regional. It is worldwide. It's robust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in 2018 is when you got certified? Yes. Wow. That is so yeah. cool. So so tell us about how did it come to be? Because I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And I just think this is amazing that you are the lead sommelier for the NFL's Las Vegas Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Yeah. That's a exactly. huge, huge, huge deal. How did that come to be? Um, well, that came to be, I have had a relationship with the NFL since 1991. I lived in New York and I was always around the NFL back then because, uh, they did a pageant one time, uh, Miss NFL, and they were looking for a girl to come to the Super Bowl, to the charity events, the golf and the bowling tournament, and sort of go around on the golf cart and sell 50, 50 raffle tickets for NFL charities. So I did it and I won. And then they did away with the whole pageant. But the gentleman, Nick Nicolosi, who ran the charity golf and bowling classics, just kept me on as the reigning Miss NFL for years to come. And through that network of year after year of going to the Super Bowl, um, I'm now friends with Roger Goodell, the commissioner. I'm friends with all the owners. And one of the owners was Mark Davis, who was a fan of mine. Mm. And I learned this through our dear friend, Kathy John Rockwell, Mm. who said, there's a guy named Mark Davis who has some of your Olivia drawings and he's a huge fan of yours and and, and you have to meet him. He's going to be in New York. And I was in New York shooting something. And I remember meeting Mark and he was just darling. And we wound up becoming friends. And years later, when he was building a brand new stadium in Las Vegas, I said, you know, Mark, with Las Vegas being the entertainment capital of the world, um, I think you need to put a premium wine program in. You know, I've been going to every single stadium, all 32 teams. They don't have that. Um, They don't have a sum. They don't have a wine program other than very basic duck horn level or I don't know, barefoot or um, white or red, (laughs) basically. White or red. Yeah. Yeah. And and you get what you get. You don't get upset. You know? That's that. Yeah. And I said, Mark, we should put in a premium wine program where we should uh, we should offer a varietal from white Burgundy. We should offer a varietal from Bordeaux. We should offer a varietal from Chile, uh, Argentina, Malbec. Uh, we should get a top white and red from Napa with mm. a great story behind it. So I came up with a list of 20 varietals from all around that are the top 
for their uh, region. And I put together this premium wine program. And on game days, I uh, pair also wines with our celebrity chef for Brilliant. game day. Brilliant. It's it's worked out so well. And our stadium, Allegiant Stadium, is number one in game day experience in all NFL. And Mark really regards a lot of that as our, you know, wine program is, is very, I always, I believe it. I always check the wine she's doing too. When she's at these events, I always see which ones she's using because I, I know one time you were using Hampton water and you were using the other ones. And I was like, so I always check to see what wines you're using. Well, thank you. Well, Hampton water, the greatest was Jesse and John Bon Jovi. Yes. Oh, that's the wine you showed me the other day at the liquor store. Oh, so so I've got the greatest thing to tell you. I mean, and you're hearing it first. So I actually was on the phone with John Bon Jovi last week. He called to thank me. <laughs> Perfect. Um, he did. He called to thank me. First of all, Ron Delsoner called and said, oh, I got a Bon Jovi on the phone. I know. So I go, you have a Bon Jovi on the phone. I go, oh, hey, Jesse. He goes, no, it's not Jesse. It's John. And I go, oh, Hi, John. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just I'm John driving, Bon Jovi. What's up? John Bon Jovi. I'm driving in my car on the 10. And I go, Oh, hey, John, how are you? He goes, Well, I hear uh, thank you is in order. And I go, You know what? It is. I go, You're right. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got your wine into the Raiders Stadium because we didn't have a rose. And I also got your rose into the rooftop at the Waldorf Astoria Beverly Hills, where oh I'm my also. Gosh. So he goes, I know. I, I said, now we have it in John George. And uh, I think it's incredible. I said, but I have to tell you, your winemaker, Gerard Bertrand, I'm going to see him next week in France where I'm blending my very own rosé with Gerard for the Raiders. Oh, cool. Amazing. With Raider rosé, because I have to keep this ball moving. Yeah. I can't just have a premium wine program and you know, wine pair with the celebrity chef, we now have our own rosé. And it's the most beautiful bottle. It's mm-hmm. the most beautiful blend. I went and met with Gerard. I I have a picture here somewhere. Don't do the glass top. It's Aww. so hard to get off. Yeah. No, I'm not doing the glass top. I hate oh, it. It's so hard. To get off. <laughs> no, I want a cork. I'm a, I'm a traditional yes. gal. I really but want a cork. Rosé no, is my favorite. Yeah. So wait till you taste ours. So Gerard came out and I, I did, I didn't think he would ever do another partnership because he did the partnership with the Bon Jovi. So I thought, well, he's not going to, but he was a footballer and he really loves sports and he loved my story and he was into it. And I flew out there and I learned what makes him the greatest rosé maker in the world. He has this rosé, $200 a bottle called Claude du Temple. And so I was really smart the day before we blended our rosé. I went to his vineyards of Claude de Temple and I learned what makes this rosé $200. Right. And I didn't mimic it, but I sort of, ah, I actually have my little, these are my little wine oh, samples. Cute. This is how important it is to me. Right, right, right. I'm right. On my desk, these are my two little wine samples that I got in France last week with Gerard Bertrand where I blended my own rosé. And when we did a blind taste, Gerard picked my rosé over his own. Oh, that's fabulous. Wow. How cool. The most important thing with rosé is it can't be so dry that it makes you thirsty. It's got to be that little bit in between. Yeah. That perfect balance. Well, also, 
on the nose. I want a floral note. And so uh-huh. many lack it. They're so acidic. And exactly. they're so, yeah. And, and they almost have a malty beer-esque mm-hmm. smell. And I said a rosé should be floral mm-hmm. and tropical fruit notes. Mm-hmm. And it should really entice you to want to take a sip. You and know, drink more crazy. of it. Yeah, and drink tons of it. So with that, I I said, what brings me this floral note? I need to know how to get an abundance of this floral note. And I learned that the very day before we did our blending. And then we did our blending. And I felt like a little scientist. We had, you know, five different Grenache um, from different plots. We had different Sinsol. Uh, we had Mouvedre. We had Vonier. We had all the wow. different there are grapes that make up and we, you know, tasted them and did our little blend. And it was honestly, other than the two children I birthed was the greatest experience in my life. That is profound. That is so, I am so proud of you. I, I am so it. impressed. That is amazing. How Thank exciting. You. Yeah. I can't wait. I was so excited. Up. I said, yeah. I, I just don't want anything to go wrong. I remember getting on the plane, Air France, and I go, if this plane actually takes off and brings me to France, <laughs> I was flying into Toulouse. I go, I, I'm not going to believe this is happening until I'm there. And then I get there and I'm like, well, I'm not going to believe this is happening until I'm actually blending with Girard. And it just all happened. And it, they were so good to me. Mm. And they, they gave me this welcome dinner and, and they treated me like a queen and gave me this room overlooking the vineyards. And I, I saw the pictures. I followed yes. those pictures and they were beautiful. Uh, yes. I haven't posted about Gerard or the wine yet because I just thought, you know, I'm just going to wait and announce it at the right time, whatever. But I just, I'm so proud of it and I'm so excited about it, but Absolutely. I hadn't touched it yeah. When it does come out, um, Sandy, we'll have to have you back on the show and we'll let everybody know yes. it's out. And yeah, that's that's very yeah. cool. But I'm dying to try it because I love it. Oh, yeah. Everybody it's, loves rosé. It's, it's the greatest one I've ever had. And I feel like I've done so many rosé tastings at my home. I always have, you know, 15 or so girls come over and do, Kathy, you have to come. Yeah, go. Yeah, please. Come. Um, and when they taste rosés and, and they write their little notes and, and, and vote on which one do you like and why do you like it? So I've done extensive research on rosé. Mm, so mm-hmm. I, this has been in the making for so long. Yeah. I wanted rosé like three years ago and it came back and it was wrong. It was from Paso and it was 100% Grenache and it was too sweet. And, and I had to bag it. I said, I can't put my name on something that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. And I bagged it even after hiring graphic artists to work on my label. It was going to be called Pink Sand and it was beautiful. But you know, you know, you know what's right and what's not going to work. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And now and I let look. it go. Yeah. I let it go. I had to. I was like, I can't go on shows and promote this. I can't go to Southern Wine and Spirits and say, please distribute this when it doesn't have everything that I feel good about. So I just really let it go. And and then when it came to fruition, the Raiders didn't have a rosé contract at the stadium. I said, we need to do our own. Mm -hmm. And I love it. You know, it it makes sense that uh, there is a sommelier service at um, the stadium because that particular stadium stadium is state of the art, right? On every level. I haven't been yet and I'm dying to go. Lacey keeps saying whenever you want to go. Oh, she comes all the time. Right. And so that would make sense. That level of caliber of what you're doing goes hand in hand with that stadium in particular. 
Yeah. Well, you've got high rollers that are gambling 9 million, 10 million a night in the MGM suite. They're hosting them, you know, and they want a Bordeaux. Yeah. They don't even want just any Bordeaux. They want a first growth Bordeaux. They want O'Brien. They want Mouton Rothschild. They want, you know, mm-hmm. they're gambling big, big, big money. They don't want Duckhorn. Uh-uh, uh-uh. So do I, but I'm usually just doing scratch or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we we have one of the greatest stadiums and, and it still has the intimacy of a football game as opposed to somewhere like SoFi that's so big. Mm. You've got this auditorium where concerts are going on and movies are going on and they're filming a TV show. And, and it's much. like, where's the football game? You know, every time I go, I get lost to right. SoFi. Right. And you have to go up to go down and you can't go around because you got to go. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mark when he built the stadium really kept the intimacy of the football game. That's what it's about. That's what you're there for. And, you know, you don't get lost. You go to section C25, you're C25. Nice. You know, so, shh. <laughs> you gotta see. Like, nice. So were you at the uh Super Bowl and stuff like that? Because you're always yeah. there, right? So yeah. How is I've that? Not, I've I've missed one Super Bowl since 1991, and that's because I had just had, gave birth to my son. So I've I've been to every single Super Bowl. It was wonderful. Um, Phoenix is a great city to host. Um, was a great game. You know, the teams were super evenly matched up mm-hmm. this year, which doesn't always happen. A lot of times it's a blowout, but it was a great game. And, uh, and did wonderful. you do the awards show again? I don't usually work, do, do. Yeah, that. we yeah. didn't do. Nope. We didn't do we didn't that. Do this it year. that this year. No, the honors NFL yeah. honors. Nope. Didn't go to that. Well, you're always there. I always look I'm right. usually there. Yeah. <laughs> it makes complete sense that this is the route that you've gone just by speaking to your personality. And and there is something here that it says Sandra Taylor is a world class storyteller who brings a very unique quality to being a personal sommelier. And it's true. I can tell. And so I'm I'm again just bravo to you for for doing this and accomplishing this and and what you're doing with it and and creating your own wines. And it's just, it's lovely. It's, it's a really neat route that you took. It's a rare thing to do. Well, I had to create a position Mm because after working at the restaurant, I said, how do I combine the 30 years of acting and modeling Mm -hmm. into now being a Psalm? Because I can't do the table to table thing much Mm -hmm. longer. Mm -hmm. My feet would kill. I mean, it was, it was grueling. So I created my dream position and I put it out there and it, it worked, it yeah. hit. And it, it, um, the very first season, it was so well received by the fans that we continue to do it and we continue to grow and, and we continue to move the needle. And yeah, this is um, only the beginning, Sandy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot ahead yeah. of you. So, well, I would love to have a whole Raider line, a, a Sauvignon Blanc, Smart. a Chardonnay you know, a blend, a Pinot. Yeah. I would love to have it all. So that's when I love Mark. Yeah. I I think Mark Davis deserves so much credit in giving me the opportunity, not only as a woman sommelier, because there aren't that many, um, but you know, in in a man's world sport Mm -hmm. and, and giving me that opportunity and trusting me Mm -hmm. with this budget, it's not a cheap, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Wine lockers, you need a budget for 20 different uh, varietals and having stock on hand. And, sure. you know, I really say all the time, and he wants no accolades, but he really deserves such credit to mm. give this 
pants. And that's wonderful. That's I have wonderful. to say, some sommeliers that I obviously in some of the finer restaurants in the world are not as they're a little snooty, mm-hmm. and you got all this personality. That's what I'm up saying. Into yeah, some good yeah. drinking. Well, do you know the thing? A lot of times, and I notice this in my class, they're very smart. Psalms, very smart, but they're not all outgoing, and they don't all exactly. want to talk right. to a table. I remember this one girl. Her name is Irina. She was Russian, and she could recite way more than I could as far as remembering everything we need to remember. I mean, I would have to study so hard, and she would remember. But she doesn't want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to go up to tables. She's like, I couldn't work in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. She definitely couldn't work at a stadium and talk to <laughs> right. You know, fans on game day that are drinking and, and, and drinking, and eating garlic yeah. fries and stuff. Yeah, none of it. Yeah. So she, a lot of Psalms are very smart, chemical engineers, lawyers, and 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 very quirky and sometimes dorky and sometimes um, awkward. And they just don't have the social charisma that that you have, and yeah. that it comes from being in the entertainment industry for yeah. you know yeah. twenty so plus years. That, yeah. Combining the two and sort of curtailing it in a way where you're making wine fun mm-hmm. and educating people when they don't even realize. But my very first thing was, what is the difference between champagne and Prosecco? That was my first theme at the Raider Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my wine snooties, Kathy, said, <laughs> well, how come you're doing that theme? It's so dumb. Everyone knows the difference between champagne and Prosecco. And I said, no, they don't. I go, because guess what? I didn't when I first started. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, no, what makes champagne 55 a bottle and Prosecco starting point 15? Why? Mm-hmm. What is the difference? And when I did it, we we shuffled out 20 at a time and I was booked every 20 minutes for the six hours that I was there that day and educated them. And everyone had the best time. I have to say most of them picked the Prosecco in the side-by-side. But they loved walking away with a few little nuggets of education. Mm. And And they didn't feel embarrassed about saying that they didn't know, you know, because you would say, oh, but this is the best part. It's this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the different methods, the champagne, you know, traditional and the Charmant method and what it, the grapes, the varietals in Italy and France and all the differences that are. And they just loved it. And so it was the birth of, of this greatness was that one theme, champagne versus Prosecco, that really did it. And knowing there's a thirst for knowledge and, and make wine fun and Absolutely. And Absolutely. Not, not make people feel stupid. Right. Exactly. I have to say um, the education part. So I'm a master esthetician. I had a skincare studio for 10 years in Newport Beach. And that was absolutely my most favorite part of my clients is educating my clients on why you want to be using these certain products and, you know, the yeah. ingredient technology and what it does. I loved it. I was passionate about it. And they learn so much from it. And then they are loyal to you. It's awesome. So I can totally appreciate that. That's a really fun aspect of it. How's my skin? (laughs) You're gorgeous. You're looking fat. (laughs) If you ever have any questions, though, please let me know. Reach out. Yeah. So, okay. um, Well, awesome. What a fun, fun interview. So we like to end the show with two questions. And everybody always has a different answer. And it's always so fun to hear what people have to say. So three words to be... Three words for you that define Hugh Hefner. Oh, smart, 
kind and cute. Oh, I love that. And cute he was. He was precious. <laughs> Hang on. Sure. I love puppies, so that's all good to me. She's wanting to come up here. That's okay. That's fine. Okay, so second question, second question. Had you had the opportunity to say anything to Huff before he passed or in memoriam, what would you say? Thank you. Thank yep, you. That's the general answer. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank Just you think. for your guidance, for your trust, for the opportunity and friendship. For this journey. <laughs> I always get teary at this yeah. part. I am. We always do. I was, I was we like, can't mess happening? up her makeup. She has a job. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. For okay. just years of of inclusion. Yeah. And making you feel like part of your family. Yeah. Yeah. We were. There was a, there's a small percentage of us in the world, and we are also very She's grateful. She's always one of my favorite people. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Poppy so much. I still have this little postcards you sent me with the pink girls on it right in my desktop right here. <laughs> I love. Well, go ahead and plug um, your your website and anything um, other things that you're doing. People can look out for if you have any of uh-huh. um, like social media profiles, anything you want to plug. Um, my my social media, I'm just Sandra Taylor one on Instagram or the Beverly Hills Sommelier. And that is my website as well is the Beverly Hills sommelier.com and look out for her I'm at the so Raiders stadium with her. Yeah. You're amazing. She's, I swear she's never aged. First of all, yeah. never Aww. aged. She's done all this stuff. And now I love wine. She's just like my, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Sandy. Thank I really appreciate it. Me. Yeah. You got it. I Really, thank you guys, too, for the inclusion because it, it makes me feel like part of the sisterhood. Well, you are. You look beautiful. Important. Kiss your puppy for me. Both thank of you. them. You see, I don't know if you can see little mochi. And, and, and the youngins. My cutie. Oh, look at them. Oh. I see her little chin. They're always your favorite. Look at his little tongue. I love. (laughs) That's so cute. We'll have a wonderful evening tonight. Yeah, you're a successful evening. Yeah, and the show will be out in in a couple weeks. So I'll let you know when it's out. It'll be um, the video on YouTube and then audio, obviously, everywhere else. So I will let you know when it comes out. And let me know when the rosé is ready. Yeah. I sure will. I sure will. I'll I'll get you a picture of the bottle as well if I can. Please do. All right, darling. Thank you, Sandy. Have a wonderful evening. Love you. you. Thank you. Love you both. Bye. (laughs) Bye -bye. Oh, that was wonderful. Okay. So uh, before we sign off, Kathy, we're going to do a little shout out to our listeners around the world. Are you ready to, are you ready to spend? I don't have to speak languages, do I? Because (laughs) are you ready to spend the will? Because we're about to go around the world. Okay. Remember? okay. (laughs) Okay. So let's go to locations i'm technically challenged here watch wait wait, wait turn up, i got it turn up the- she doesn't understand i'm a dinosaur no you just touch the taiwan how many listeners four okay. listeners so to our four listeners in to our taiwan, four listeners in taiwan <laughs> we thank you and we hope that you make some show. friends you need them let more people know about us in Tell taiwan them about us please <laughs> okay with that said i'm echo I'm Kathy. And this is The Bunny Bunny Chronicles. Chronicles. See you next time.